0: morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Living Waters Flowing. I am Nina Menace, and it is a pleasure to come before you today. Thank you so much for taking time out to uh, dive into the Word of the Lord with me today. Um, I so appreciate each of my faithful listeners. You just don't know how much I appreciate you. Um, I hear so much that I need to go on YouTube. Okay, so let's discuss this a little bit. Um, God hasn't told me to go on YouTube yet, but I feel like that may be a direction that I may be going in, but we're going to wait on him, okay? (laughs) We're going to wait on him. Uh, As you know, the start of this podcast was completely him, so I want to always stay in line with what he wants me to do. So I appreciate you all saying that. It touches my heart um, that you would suggest that I go on YouTube. But my answer is not right now. Not until God says so. Okay. But I'm pretty sure that in the future, maybe in the near future, who knows, I will be on YouTube. So thank you all so much um, for tuning in and staying um, close to me. Um, as I try to walk this thing out with God, okay? And also, um, Queens of God, I appreciate each and every one of you, our Facebook group. You all are amazing. We are growing. Oh my God. I looked at our um, numbers and we have 330 Queens. Queens, royalty baby, in our group. So I'm telling you, I'm amazed. I'm amazed at what God is doing. I am so grateful and so humbled. Um, Our entire team, our Queen's power team, we are completely humbled that you would all spend time with us, come through our and look at our postings and, and pray with us and all of that that we that we try to share with you. I thank you. I thank you. I don't take it for granted whatsoever. And we none of us do. We all collectively say thank you and God bless you. There are more things to come. So keep tuning in, all of those ladies who are listening now. uh, No matter where you are, inside the United States, outside of the United States, uh, we are on Facebook. And it is Queens of God. Um, How you know the difference between our group and someone else's group, we have an actual queen um, symbol, like the... um, The crown is before queens of God. That's how you know it's us. (laughs) So just be looking for that. And I thank you again. So today we have a word from God. Um, It is definitely um, a on-time word. And it correlates with what God is saying to the church in this season. So let's go ahead and start with prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for your presence for your power, for your omnipotence, from your omniscience. God, just thank you for your word, for your word, God, that dwells within the earth that that is brought alive through your vessels, through through what you're saying in this hour, God, that is penetrating the hearts of your people, God. I thank you and I am so humbled that you would choose to speak through me, but Lord, it is not about me. So in this very moment, God, I completely decrease and I ask that you increase, that you fill to the full and overflow, that you would speak your word, God, and that you would um, speak to the hearts and minds of your people. Lord God, I ask that you would touch, heal, and deliver and let this word find them where they are. And speak to whatever it is that you want them to feel, see, and know. Lord, let it penetrate into the heart and soul and minds of your people. In the name of Jesus, God, I pray. Amen. So today's topic is, there is a competition for your attention. There is a competition for your attention. So we're going to go, we're going to actually be in Luke 22 and our key verses is coming out of 31 and 32, but later down the road, we're going to read more. Um, We're going to read through 34, but right now let's go ahead and just read the key verses. And this is coming out of the King James version and it is, and the Lord said, this is Jesus speaking. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon behold satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat but i have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not and when thou art converted strengthen thy brethren lord we thank you for your word so i looked up the word sift and there were many definitions for the word sift but the one that jumped out at me and the one that God pressed on my heart to to share is sift meaning to separate something especially something to be discarded from something else so if you if you think about it if you think about it Jesus was speaking of course he was speaking in the presence of the other disciples But he was speaking directly to Simon Peter. He was speaking directly to him saying, Satan has asked. Now, this is a um, new international version. Um, Their version said to sift each of you like wheat. But in the King James Version, I think it is more true to the life because he's speaking directly to Peter. He said that Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. So sifting means he's trying to separate you in any and every way from God, from your purpose, from what he's called him to do. He's saying he is going to try to separate you from God, from your purpose, from what I have instituted you to do. Now, if you also remember, Jesus spoke to Peter and he said over and over again, do you love me? You remember that? Do you love me? And he was saying, yes, Lord, you know, I love you. And he said, feed my sheep. So he was commissioning him. He was commissioning him to be an overseer, to be a teacher, to to lead his people into the truth. He entrusted him with this task, and then he wanted him to let him know here in Luke 22 that Satan is going to come and try to separate you from what I've called you to do, okay? So as it relates to us, do you notice that when you make up your mind to start being more consistent, start being more intentional in your time with God through studying the word, through prayer, through fasting, through meditating on his word throughout the day. Um, you know, you pulled out your your, your um, index cards and you didn't wrote your scriptures down or you got them on sticky notes all over your computer. Come on now. We talking to the real folks and say, you know what? Mm-mm, I'm going to be consistent. Let me get these scriptures down. Let me let me get, keep this in my eyesight. Let me continually stay in God's word. Let me pray. Let me set aside time on my breaks to pray. Let me set aside times at night and, and early in the morning. Let me set my alarm and get up early and pray with God. I'm going to do whatever it takes because I feel God is pulling me to go further with him. Is anybody else there? My hand included. So whatever it is and whatever it is he's instructed you to do. Let's say that God is trying to instruct you to start a business and he wants you to do some research on that or he is instructing you to be a part of a, a nonprofit organization and he wants you to connect with people um, in that area. Or he wants you to start a nonprofit organization, or he is—I mean, it could be something as simple as um, not eating sweets, or um, to back up of eating so many meats, or whatever it is. Um, or he wants you to. Um, Take the time to read a book that he placed on your heart. and He wants you to read it from beginning to end. He wants you to take notes on what he emphasizes through the book. He wants you to really spend time with a certain book. Or he wants you to study a certain area of the Bible as it relates to a certain topic. I can go on and on and on and on. But there are some instructions that he may have given you specifically to do that he spoke to you. And that is, seems like when you set your mind to do it, here come every distraction you can think of. You get the most distractions when you set your mind to do something. Or either you become lethargic, you just get so tired, be like, you know, I was supposed to read uh, the book of Matthew and study it this, uh, this month. But, you know, today I just... You know, I'm tired. I done got off work. I done had to deal with these kids. I got to cook. My husband, he's going to be doing this, and I got to help him with that. Um, I got family that's coming in. I got got, uh, this to do, that to do. I got things to do at church. I got, come on, come on. Um, I got to uh, help my friend with this. I told this person I would help them with that. Come on. Everything you can think of comes up, and all of a sudden you're tired, or you just downright sleepy. You're sleepy. As soon as you make up your mind, you didn't open the Bible, you didn't got your notepad, you didn't got your pen. You sitting up and you just you ready, and all of a sudden your mind is just fading. All of a sudden you just you sleepy. Your sleep hits you out of nowhere. Now you was just fine. Before you sat down and decided to do what you was going to (laughs) do. So. um, And that comes with anything. Like if God is telling you to go to the gym. And all of a sudden you are so tired. Everything on you is hurting. All of a sudden you just do not go to the gym. And you got every excuse. I'm speaking to myself on this one. (laughs) I'm speaking to myself. I'm looking right at my elliptical okay so come on we we all guilty of this or or some of us are so all of a sudden everything that God is telling you to do it just it you, you just can't do it it seems it, it's it's like a fight within you but let's go ahead and read the full um Luke 22 31 through34. I'm going to go to the NIV version on the last few scriptures. I'm going to start with verse 33, going to the NIV. So he'd already told Simon Peter that Satan desires to sift him as wheat. And this is what he's saying in verse 32. Um, but I have prayed for you, Simon. I have prayed for you, Simon. That your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I am ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows, today you will deny me three times, that you, you would deny three times that you know me. I'm going to read verse 34 again. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the rooster crows today, you will deny three times that you know me. And then in verse 35, he just moved on to something else. He just moved on to something else. So Jesus was talking to Peter, letting him know that he was going to deny him. And Peter just, he found that just hard to believe. He was like, "Uh, look he said lord i'm willing to die for you i'm willing to go to prison for you i'm willing to come on now I'm, I'm willing to take a bullet for you i'm willing to just uh deny every deny myself the privilege of anything just to be with you so lord no you ain't talking to me you ain't t- lord look i'll be fasting and plant praying i spend time in your word I preach your word. I do whatever it is you call me to do. I'm always helping someone. I'm always here in your presence. I I get up at 4 a.m. and pray. I do. I am loyal to you, Lord. I do all the things that you ask me to do. So, oh, no, you ain't talking to me. I'm completely sold out to you, Jesus. Ain't no way in the world I'm going to deny you once. But you tell me three times? Oh, no. So Peter couldn't fathom that there would be anybody or anything that would possibly cause him to deny Jesus. Not even for a moment. Not even for a moment. So in verse 35, Jesus moved on from the subject and started talking to the rest of the disciples about something else. Why? Why do you do that? Because there was nothing else to be said. Jesus wanted Peter to know that this kind of spiritual warfare was coming. The pressure to fold in the sight of people. Pressure to fold in on their opinions of you. Of what they're going to say about you doing this for the Lord. About you, um, what they're going to do to you. For being obedient to God. How how they're going to ostracize you and, and, and reject you. Because you want to live for God. Because you want to do what God is telling you to do. Okay? So, there are a lot of people who live and walk in that type of fear. And Jesus wanted him to know well in advance that this is in you. This is in you and this is the enemy trying to sift you, trying to separate you, trying to uh, bring things into your life, people in your life that will be a competition for your attention. But in this case, this was fear. Paul was fearful. He was at fear on what they would do to him if he let them know that he was with Jesus. So, Um, As for us, as it relates to us, the people, the places, the things that will compete for our loyalty, our faithfulness, our devotion, our time. Time is something we can't get back. Once it's gone, it's gone. Nothing you can do about it. Nothing you can do about it. But in that moment, like I said, Peter was overtaken with fear three times. Not once, twice, but three times. And it caused him to deny Jesus each and every time. So if you think about it, what overtakes us and causes us to deny the Holy Spirit access to us? What causes us to fold under the pressure of society that causes us to have a form of godliness but denying God's power to be at work in and through our lives. See, Peter wanted to be close to where they took Jesus, as close as possible to where they took him, to try to catch a glimpse of Jesus, to hear what was being said and done concerning Jesus, while at the same time, out of fear of man he tried to blend in with the crowd he tried to blend in he was he was he was warming himself by the same fires created by those who are worldly see how many times do we find ourselves finding comfort or 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 getting what we feel we need from the things that the world says is important for us to have, what the world says that we need by the world's standards, by society, by culture, that causes us to believe that we need this in order to be significant, successful, in order to stand out in order to be prosperous or wealthy right so Paul was also hiding behind the godless carnality the things that made that they were comfortable with and that was pleasurable to their senses but these are the same people that did not receive the goodness of God They did not receive the revelation of Jesus Christ, Him being the Son of God, to walk with Him, talk with Him, to learn, to sit at His table, to partake of the goodness of God, to to have your feet cleansed by the Son of God, to eat of the bread and drink of the wine that signified his 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 body and his blood none of these people had that experience but peter did and there he was hiding hiding amongst these people hiding and i guess you said what does it have to do with anything There are so many people, places, and things that constantly compete for our headspace. That constantly compete for our energy. There's so many, if you think about it, when you turn on TV, there's so many TV programs that are competing for you to fall so in love with with their show that you would binge watch it. That you would... um, have it on your DVR and watch it often now i i i am <laughs> i am guilty of this i think we all not all of us but a lot of people who watch tv have their favorite shows that they binge watch from time to time and that they want to keep up on the characters and what they've done and when how the plot twist turned out and and really and truly Those things actually steal our time from spending time with God. Now, not to say that these things can't be done, but if it is taking time away from spending with God, it's a distraction. And the enemy uses these distractions to sift our thoughts, to entertain our attention and to influence our actions and our discussions away from the things of God and on what he has planned for us to do he being the enemy the enemy wants us to follow his plan because God has plans for our lives and that's what we strive to do we strive to always stay in alignment with the purpose and plans that he has for us right and we we want to stay in alignment but guess what the enemy is also competing with that he wants to use every distraction you can think of to keep us out of alignment with what God wants us to do What God wants us to say, where he wants us to go, who he wants us to connect to. He wants to use everything he can. So this is what the enemy plans to do with distractions. Number one is to derail us from God's purpose. I just spoke on that. Number two is to connect us to worldly or carnal Christians whom um, also known as Christians or believers that are deep, deep asleep. And if you uh, are wondering what that means, you can actually uh, listen to my previous podcast, Wake Up, uh, from last week, and I go into detail on what God said about some Christians being deep asleep. So he wants us to connect with people who are not following the will of God, who are not living a godly lifestyle, who, who are pursuing their own um, agendas, who are following their own lusts, who are um, following after things and, and, and places and money and, and trying to make more of it. Not for the kingdom of God, though. But so that they will be puffed up and they would be able to live a life that is that is full of riches and, and, and fame and fortune. And not to say that money is bad, but the love of money is the root of all evil is what the Bible says. And so the saints of God, we can be rich. Nine, that that type to say, oh no, you got to be barely making it and scrapping and poor. Oh no, 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 no. God wants us to live a, a, a godly lifestyle, but He also wants us to be blessed in every way financially, mentally, physically, spiritually, in our health, in every way. In fact, he wants us to be blessed so we can show others the goodness of God. So there are so many people that the enemy wants us to connect to so that we can go down paths that lead us to places that are far from God. Number 3, he wants to take us take away our interest in God's word. He don't want us to read the word because guess what? The truth Is in God's word. Okay. God's word is him. That is who he is. And I'm going to go into scripture about that down here in a second. Um, Number four. He also wants us. Or to keep us. From spending time in prayer. Because a praying believer. A praying saint. Is a powerful saint. When we go into the depths of prayer. Praying in the spirit warring in the spirit against the, the things of the the enemy the enemy does not want us in prayer because then we can actually take down kingdoms of darkness we can actually start to derail his plans here on earth in all kinds of ways so he don't want us in prayer because the more we spend time in prayer the more god reveals to us the more god reveals to us our authority And the more God shows us how to walk in that authority. And then we start to use that authority against his kingdom. So he does not want us praying, baby. He does not. And also he wants to separate. This is number five. He wants to separate us from God's people. And when I say God's people, I'm talking about God's people who are truly living for God. I have to make that distinction. I'm sorry. I hate to say that, but... It's the truth. He wants to keep us away from God's people because when we connect and be like-minded and be equally yoked to a believer who is going further in God, who is, who is um, absolutely um, sold out, to someone who has accepted their assignment in the earth by God and is walking in the things of God, and like the Bible says, if two and three are gathered together in His name, He said, "I will be in the midst." Said so one to put two, one thousand a flight; two can put ten thousand a flight. If you keep connecting like-minded, powerful, prayerful saints. Who who has the word of God imparted in them. And that word flows through their lifestyle. Through what they do. What they say. And they're walking in their authority and power. And walking in alignment with what they have been called, chosen, and created to do. Oh honey. No. the, The enemy don't want that. He does not want that. So he'll try to keep you separate from God's people. Number six. He wants to walk down. He wants you to walk down a path of destruction. He wants to introduce habits, um, things into your life that will cause you to lean more on those things, and then go into a lifestyle that drags you in not only away from God, but drags you closer to hurting, and harming yourself and those around you. Through um, and this is not apply to everyone, but just for an example, if God sets you free from drugs and alcohol, and if if God sets you free from abusive relationships, then the enemy will try to bring those very things. He'll try to bring just sipping on a little wine every now and again to alcohol and then back to hard liquor and then back to uh, surrounding you with people that that bring those hard drugs back in your life, and next thing you know, you're back where God delivered you from. And see that He knows will take you to your destruction because of what it's doing to your body, what it's doing to your mind, what it's doing to to your career at work, what it what it puts at risk in your life with with the godly, healthy relationships. He wants to completely destroy. But God has set us free. And he knows he wants to get us back on a path of destruction. And God is not going to have that either. And then also, this is all to expose the enemy. All of these these things that I'm naming here. The seventh one is to turn us away from God by losing faith and hope in God. Because he knows that our faith, the, uh, he, that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And he knows that when our faith is rooted and grounded in him, in love, and when we, when he knows that we are called and we are chosen, then he works that much harder to try to distort our faith. He'll allow the loss of a loved one, the loss of a job, the loss of, of something, um, the disappointment in life, um, the, the treatment or mistreatment of people and betrayal and, and all of these things. Or maybe it was something that happened, an accident that caused uh, your life to be altered. And he wants you to lose your faith and hope in God in that. So he tries to turn it. But one, so one thing is clear here. He wants to do this, and this is spiritual warfare. These things take place in subtle ways, small distractions, seemingly harmless habits, and people that we love being around, but they are not of God, they they don't want God, or they talk about God in one breath, but do all kinds of other things that are harmful with the other part of their life. So God is saying that these are the weapons that he has given us to fight. There are ways that we can avoid this. There's ways that we can actually um, turn and keep ourselves in alignment with his will, his purpose, because these things are competing for our attention. It's it's competing for our attention. The people, the places, the things, the habits, the, the subtle things, things that do not even seem that significant, but it keeps our attention away from God. So this is what God is saying. This is what God says, how we can fight and become steadfast in God. By staying in faith in the word of God. So we're going to go to John 1 and 1. In the King James Version it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word what? Was God. So that's why the enemy tries to keep us from it. When we are in the word of God, we are in God. When we continue to um, allow ourselves to... Continue to feast on God's word, to meditate on his word. That means to, to muse, to, to mull it over in our minds over and over and over again. And then what God shared with me was when you attach your imagination to it, when you start seeing it being played out in your mind, when you start connecting with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit connects with your imagination and make that thing come alive, let me tell you, God's word becomes just just like we say, living word. He's the living word. Jesus is the living word. Amen. So with that, with us knowing that he is the word, let's go to Romans 10 and 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, staying in the Word of God also means reading, listening to, applying, living the Word, but it also means hearing the Word being preached and taught. Hearing God's Word just on a constant and consistent basis. When I'm at work and I work from home, like I shared before, I'm always listening to the Word of God. I'm listening either to the Word, or I am listening to a preacher, pastor, pastor—I mean, not pastor, bishop—or or prophet, someone who is speaking and teaching on the word of God, someone who is sound and 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 biblical, someone who's who's not just um, speaking what itching ears want to hear, but someone who is literally speaking forth the word of God, who is sound in alignment with God's word. That's who I like to listen to. And I like to listen to the word of God and then pause it and let God, the Holy Spirit, speak to me about what I'm listening to, what I'm hearing. And so that's what God wants us to do. Also, Hebrews 4 and 12, it says the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing the soul and spirit joints and marrow it judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart and that was in the niv version that i read that out of so the word of god is the utmost importance the second thing he wants us to do to fight and stay steadfast is to keep your eyes on jesus as hebrews 12 and 2 it says looking unto jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? And that's out of the King James Version. So when we think on Jesus and we keep that in in the forefront of our mind that he is sacrificed for us, he sacrificed himself so that we may have life and life more abundantly, amen so that we would we would be able to pour out our life unto him and allow him to live within us see when we start seeing our life is not our own that we were bought with a price that Jesus paid for us when you start seeing that then you start seeing God In everything, you start seeing that your very life was molded and shaped in such a way that it is built to magnify God through Christ Jesus. We are seated in heavenly places in Christ. When you start seeing yourself in Christ, literally, then a lot of things you used to do, you don't want to do anymore. You don't feel comfortable doing it anymore. A lot of ways you used to talk, cussing folk out, going off, that stuff like that. You don't feel the need to have to do that anymore because you you understand that your life is not your own. And God has given us a more excellent way of handling people and 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 handling ourselves in this earth. Because though we are in the world, we're not of the world. So when we start seeing ourselves in Christ, we start understanding that we are not, we, we don't have, we're not cut from the same cloth anymore. We are new creations. We are God's workmanship. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. We're in Christ. So when you have that realization, then distractions don't have a way of, of connecting to you long. Not to say that you can't be distracted because there are things in life that may drive us to, to want to escape for a moment. May cause us to want to to. Steal away and watch some TV and binge watch, and um, or listen to music that doesn't edify and glorify God in any way. Sometimes we do steal away for a moment, but we don't stay there. We don't allow ourselves to be drug away into those things because we realize that we are in Christ. That's how you keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen. Number three. You pray and have a lifestyle of prayer. It says in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 17, reading out of the Amplified versions Version, be unceasing and persistent in prayer. Amen. Also in Ephesians 6 and 18, the NIV Version says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all prayers, with all kinds of prayers, and requests with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Amen. And then also Romans 12 and 12 out of the NIV version it says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in what? In prayer. So prayer is the most important thing. Right beside reading the Word of God, prayer, being in His presence, connects us with God. And I always like to put in here worship as well. Worship, if we only knew the power, the connection that we have in the Spirit, when we truly worship God in Spirit and in truth, then we can flow into prayer, in and out of prayer, through the doors of worship amen because when you worshiping God you're showing adoration you are you're not thanking him and in this moment not not thanking him but you are just in reverence you are in awe of who he is and what he is amen so with that kind of reverence and with that kind of awe then we can go right into prayer We can pray in the spirit. We can can actually worship with our prayer language. So prayer and worship, I believe, are are very, um, they're much needed together. They're much needed because I hear a lot of people say, oh, well, I pray, but I'm just not a worshiper. I'm not, I'm not a worshiper. I'm telling you, if you want to take your prayer life to the next level, worship, worship. That opens up the doors. It opens up the windows of heaven, and it just it allows God to flow in such a way that you wouldn't even be able to imagine. So, not only speaking words to God in prayer and praying in your heavenly language, but also worship, worship. First Thessalonians five and seventeen again i'm going to repeat that be unceasing and persistent in prayer amen and then the last tip i'm going to give um it says live a lifestyle of love a lifestyle of love and for the sake of time i'm just going to have you read it on your own that's going to be in romans 12 9 through 21 And that just maps out all the different ways that you can walk in love and show love to um, your fellow saints and, and those that are in need. And it just goes into great depth. But God wants us to be aware that the distractions in our lives was keeping us from prayer, was keeping us from seeking Him, was keeping us from doing the things that he is asking us to do it was keeping us from getting in his word, studying it, meditating on it, it was keeping us from fasting it was keeping us from doing the things that we we know we should be doing and that he's specifically told us to those distractions that us feeling tired when it comes down to doing it and just being downright sleepy sometimes you remember All of those things are to distract us and all of the things that get in the way, whether it's watching TV, whether it's being on the phone talking, whether it's on social media, letting that take up our time, whether it is um, binge watching movies and shows whether it is um, going out and doing all kind of other things that keep us away from God's will, all of those things are competing for our attention and the enemy uses those things to try to sift us. Remember, to separate us from the will, purpose, plan of God. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your word being dispersed to all of us. Lord, let it land in the hearts and in the minds and in the spirits of your people. Lord, I thank you for speaking to us, God, exposing those things that have been grabbing our attention, that have been dragging us away for hours at a time for moments at a time, for days, weeks, and sometimes years at a time, keeping us from you, keeping us from spending the most valuable time in the world, and that is you, to be with you. That is to spend time listening to you, talking to you, spending time in your word, getting to know you and letting you speak to us through your word. Lord, keeping us from experiencing your presence through worship. Lord, all these things that drag us away from our calling and the things that you have chose us to do in this day and age, in these last days. Lord, we are now aware of the cunningness, of the the craftiness of the enemy to try to sift us, to try to sift us away. But Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you afresh this day. We say we will no longer allow the enemy to distract us, to drag us away into our own desires, into the things that we feel like is most important or that gives us the most pleasure or entertainment. Lord, we vow today to surrender ourselves to you, to your purpose, to your calling, to your voice. Lord God, I ask that you would touch each and every life that is listening right now. Lord God, I ask that you reveal yourself to each of us in a new way. That you would open up a a thirst and a desire within us, God, that's insatiable for your word, for your presence, to hear your voice, God, to do your will, Lord, God, I ask that you would just breathe new life into us, that you would cause these dry bones to live again, that you would cause us to walk in this new life and this life more abundantly, God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you because you. we know that anything that you bring to our attention is to shake us. And to make us see that you love us and you desire for us to be closer to you. So we thank you and we praise you and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I thank each and every one of you for listening today. Thank you for spending time with me. If you have prayer requests, as always, you can send it to my email address, Ministry at gmail.com. I will be happy to pray um, with you, with your family. Also, you can look me up on Facebook. Um, of course, it's under my name, Nina Menes. And also, ladies, feel free to join our Facebook group, um, which is Queens of God. Remember, it's the Queens of God that has the crown before Queens. Amen. So I love each and every one of you. And until we speak again, may the living waters of God continue to flow in your life. Have a blessed week.